what do I do? Do I put the fire out or do I throw gasoline on it? And so when we have a negative response to someone's emotional response, Mm -hmm. then it's a gasoline issue. So we need to remember, we need to remember that our job is to be a wet blanket. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're right, you're right. Hello, Positive Leaders. Thanks for joining us today. You are listening to the Positive Leadership Podcast with Andrea Crabtree and David List, a podcast for everything a veterinary manager needs to know to get the job done. We've been there and we know how hard it is and are here to help share our knowledge and expertise to elevate you. I'm Andrea Crabtree, co-founder of Positive Leadership Podcast, owner of FurPause Consulting, a certified veterinary practice manager, and HR certified professional. And I'm David Liss, co-founder of the Positive Leadership Podcast. I'm also a certified veterinary practice manager, hold an MBA, and I'm a registered veterinary technician. And this podcast is for you, the veterinary practice manager, supervisor, and leader. We want to elevate you by equipping you with relevant content, material, guidelines, instruction, feedback, and pro tricks and tips. We will deliver real life experience along with our super smart guests that will get you through the obstacles that you're facing today with some bloopers and blunders along the way to remind you that you're not alone. Today, we are so excited to have another super smart guest on the podcast. I cannot wait to welcome Rhonda Bell, CVPM, CCFP, digital marketing, social media marketing, SEO, just guru. Um, She owns her own consulting business, Dog Days, social media management consulting. Rhonda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Appreciate your time today. My pleasure. We have this kind of tradition where we don't read bios. So without having to read your bio, tell us about yourself. Tell our listeners what you do and how you got there and just all that great stuff. Well, um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, uh, I'm a pet parent. Uh, I am a former practice manager. I'm a certified veterinary practice manager and a CCFP is a certified compassion fatigue professional. So I'm an educator, a speaker, an author. I'm a gardener, I'm a wine drinker. I'm lots of things. I own and operate Dog Day Social Media Management Consulting. I started it in January of 2017. I do have a few non-veterinary clients, but the bulk of my social media management clientele is veterinary, and that's kind of where I specialize. Hey, I think you kind of forgot to say uh, bestie as well. (laughs) I am, yeah. I have an amazing network of friends. (laughs) You guys happen to know each other? Is that kind of a thing? (laughs) Yeah, we're casually acquainted. Awesome. Yeah, casually. Mm -hmm. So, Rhonda, what is your favorite piece of content? So, book, podcast, CE, class, whatever it was that left the biggest lasting effect on you? So usually for me, that changes as I'm learning or growing or whatever the next thing that I move on to. Um, so the most poignant lately has been when I worked on my CCFP training, we did a section called QPR. And it is specifically dealt with helping your team members and helping your friends and family if they are depressed or contemplating suicide, it was specific training that it gave someone like me to ask the questions and taught me how to do it. And what I took away from that is whenever I teach or I lecture, 
I want to have that kind of takeaway. I want my audience to leave with a tangible, this is how you do it, go do it. And that course taught me some very valuable skills in terms of the topic on suicide prevention, but also taught me a delivery method that I really enjoyed and I got a lot from. That's a really meaningful way that you said that I did QPR as well and I thought yeah. of it kind of like suicide first aid mm-hmm. and I and mm-hmm. I I'm right there with you actually I mean you really just struck me right now me thinking about how they delivered and how impactful it was because it yeah. was they they delivered the content where almost every single piece of it was actionable yes you know versus mm-hmm. anything that was that was theoretical which is you know f- theoretical is fun to know but you don't use theory minute to, you know what i mean and so yeah yeah that's that's um that's really cool i like and the way you took it away and you're going to like turn that into how you're going to deliver you know content to the to the world that's that's powerful cool stuff yep i just finished up that qpr class yesterday yeah. and i yeah. i went through I, I don't know it was like five or six hours worth of training and it was It was kind of like click and then click through and then listen Mm -hmm. to some material and then Mm -hmm. click through and listen to some more material. And overall, the material that I had listened to for that six hours was eh, theoretical. eh, Yeah, something you put in practice. But man, the second that QPR class came on, I Mm -hmm. was so engaged. I like stopped everything that I was doing in my office, multitasking, paid attention to those videos. It was like, wow, this is so tangible. Yeah. And the survey, I gave it like all plus tens. This is amazing. Yeah, it was I did so too. good and so tangible. And I like yeah. the way that, like David said, that you're linking that directly back to when you deliver information, how can we as educators be able to deliver that same type of captivating our audiences or giving something that's so tangible and so like, I literally have something I can put in my back pocket or a tool in my toolbox yes. and walk away and use yeah. it tomorrow. Well, in the managers that listen to us as educators, as speakers, and as writers, when we are implementing that method of training and teaching, where there's going to be a tangible, they can turn around and put it into their team trainings. So instead of just saying, we really need to work on our customer service, that's a very blanket term of what does that mean? I don't understand. So if you give me a tangible, this is how we're going to work on our customer service. These are the three things that we're going to do. This is right. exactly specifically what you can say. This is the question you ask. So it really, you know, I listen to the topic because that's very deep to my heart. You know, suicide prevention and compassion fatigue and burnout is is a topic. I mean, as you know, I've got a, a Facebook group that I work with other colleagues mm-hmm. on and it's it's deep and meaningful, but I also at the same time, learned a teaching method that resonated for me and I'm hoping that will resonate for others. Yeah, we learned that, you know, smart goals through all of our journeys and and being educated, you Mm -hmm. know, and having specific, measurable, realistic, you know, attainable, timely. And I I don't think we do as good of a job implementing Mm -hmm. that in our in our methods of teaching and training others. And so I, I think that that is so powerful to be able to say like let's take that smart goal and be really specific mm-hmm. let's measure that let's make that um you know something that we can turn around back into actionable items and like you said for our managers to take it back to their teams and say okay we're gonna book more appointments go team well mm-hmm. how are we going to do that right what do i yeah. say because you're leaving it up to these people who have not had the experience in the industry you know how do i do this it's one thing for me to tell you that you need social media because it's really important Okay, you know, duh. 
So, but I need to tell you how to use social media. How? how can it be more important to you? How can it impact your business? So that's the same thing with that course gave me and what I'm hoping I'm speaking again next week. And I have really measured my presentation up against that standard that I set that I learned in that course. So I'm hoping nice. that I can deliver Excited that. for you to deliver that, right? Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me why social media? Why is that your, why is that your thing? Why is that your lane? Because I was really bad at it, like bad, (laughs) you know, it's just, you know, as a busy practice manager, I've been managing since 2005 and that was pre tons of social media, pre tons of internet usage. I mean, yellow page ads, the whole thing. And so I didn't have time. I was busy running a practice. I was busy running interference. I was busy putting out fires. I was busy starting fires. I was busy doing things that you just don't have time for that marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And as we all know, marketing gets thrown to the bottom of the pile. Mm -hmm. I was like all other owners and managers and just no time. I overlooked it. So whenever I left managing full time, I really evaluated. I knew I wasn't done in the industry and I wanted to, to give back. And I knew that there was an area that this could be done. And I was using a of social media at the time and really saw the value of how businesses could leverage themselves mm-hmm. in social media cheaply. I mean, that's mm. the problem is when oh. you do a lot of this stuff, it's like, yeah, for several thousand dollars, we'll right. market this or yep. we'll market that. Oh, I mean, man. how much should we pay for Yellow Page? It <laughs> right. yeah. like, give me yeah. a break. Billboards are crazy. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. 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 So I built a business model where I train veterinary hospitals or I do it for them, but mm-hmm, I teach mm-hmm. them on a very affordable basis. Look, this is how you can do this cheap and easy. I'm all about mm-hmm. it. Cheap and that easy. That is the motto of the veterinary manager, isn't it? Affordable Absolutely. and cheap yeah. and easy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, an owner's going to come to you and say, hey, I want you to make me a million dollars and I'm going to give you $5 to do it. Right. So I and no other them, resources. Yeah. I help them spend 250 and here we go. We're going to start a social media program. That's the gist of it. And that's kind of where it was born from. And it was something that I could start on my own, start from a home business and kind of grow from there. And it has. It's It's grown leaps and bounds. And I love the fact that you wrangled something that you sucked at. Like you admit, like, I wasn't good at this. I didn't have time for this. This is not my forte. It's not because I already had a love for social media that you bull by the horn said, I am going to take something that I don't know how to do. I'm not good at, and I'm going to turn it around and be really good at it and be, you know, the subject matter expert on this particular subject. So kudos to you. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, I did a lot of training. I did a lot of certificate programs. I did, I mean, so much work. I studied the people that were doing it. I also studied the people that were doing it very well, because I think you've got to learn what you don't like as well as what you do like. So you have to have a well-rounded approach of what's going on around you. So when I study my clients, I study their competitors too, Mm -hmm. just so we kind of see what is available to us out there. So yeah, I just threw myself into it. And then as you know, I I told my my core network of people, I told Andrea, I told several people like, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because managers can't do it and practices need to get out there. Communication is going to go to technology. We have to start bringing technology into it. And this was way pre-COVID. So if we we already help them build that communication groundwork and that foundation, then you can add more technology to your practice easily. It's it's already kind of streamlined because you laid the groundwork and social media can be that groundwork for you. So tell me a little bit about the benefit from the practice point of view of having 
any type of social media, good, bad, um, any type of social media presence in the veterinary practice? Like, tell us about that. Well, the biggest benefit is is a term that is referred to as social proofing. So how many times whenever someone says, oh my God, you've got to go try this restaurant, do you Google it? And on the right-hand side of the screen is the Google listing with the address, the phone number, and the reviews, the number of right. stars. You right. go check that review listing Absolutely, and you I do. find out where they're at. I do it all the time. Then if it's someone that you're maybe checking out for a job, maybe you're doing, you know, checking somebody Social out. Social stalking? Of course exactly. we do this. I, we would never do that. But if you accidentally did that, you would want to go and check out some their Facebook page, their Instagram, things that they're doing, ways that they're interacting with people. So we use social media to proof and other people vouching for us on social media has bearing, it has impact. So if you've got your veterinary practice out there and engaged and building affinity with their clients, then you're building social proofing and you really don't have to, it's the new word of mouth. You don't have to pay for the newspaper ads and the billboards and all of the expensive ad um, campaigns when you've got people out there talking for you and you can use social media to do that. So I think one of the things that I look at as far as a consultant when I'm talking with my clients is KPIs. And one of Mm -hmm. them is what is your biggest referral source? And I will hands down tell a client every time I don't even need to look in your practice management software I can tell you that your current clients are always going to be your biggest referral source like you talked about that word of mouth and to know that that clients are doing that in a digital platform um, yes they're whispering to their neighbor right or they're telling Mm -hmm. their friends and, and family that this veterinarian is fantastic and go check out this practice but they're also doing it on a digital platform, right? They're doing it in a variety of different ways to say, hey, this, this, these people are amazing, whether they mean to or not, right? When they're commenting on Absolutely. your picture or an online you know, platform of any shape or sort. So tell me about when it's bad. Like what is a, what is a definition having a bad social media presence? Like none at all or non-existent or um, just a bunch of bad Yelp reviews? You can have none at all and you can have bad. You need to be consistent. I mean, that, that really is the biggest message that I tell my clients and that I tell anybody when you know they, I bump into them. They're like, oh, you're in social media. What do I need to do? Just be consistent. If you don't know anything else, be consistent. And that means posting regularly. That means posting regular updates and be valuable to, to what you're posting. Don't just post garbage, you know, actually provide some value to Mm. your audience. But when things go bad, and we've been dealing with that a lot, and my clients have had a lot of stress, a lot of strain, there's been a lot of cyberbullying. I mean, it's gotten some pretty, pretty pretty negative stuff is going on right now. I've been fortunate that my clients have not been attacked to that level. Um, but I do have a few that because of the type of practice they are, they're more targeted than others. And it's, it's very difficult. The very first thing I can tell you when things go bad is walk away from the keyboard. Mm. Do yeah. not. Right, never respond in anger, do right? Do not yep, respond. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And Don't be I emotional about it. Yeah. yeah, I can't tell you how many times people draft these long vents. The problem with a vent is, and a rant, is it's a temper tantrum. It's a temper mm-hmm. tantrum that's been typed out, yes. and now it's permanent. So a temper tantrum, as yeah. we know, is fleeting. 
Right. You know, you throw your fit, you kick the floor, you right. say a few cuss words, and right. you move on, and you're right. over it in 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. Well, when you put it in social media, it lives forever. Forever. That's- particular rant right now going that a doctor wrote that has been going on for a couple of weeks now. And I'm yep. pretty sure mm-hmm. that they regret what they did mm-hmm. um, to some extent, maybe mm-hmm. not all of it, but the vast majority of it. But it's now permanent. It's right. so not erasing that, are you? Damage is done. And exactly. that's what the client was doing, right? Like when, when right. they posted their review, very few of us sit down, think about it. And right. write out a well-worded, um, right. you know, uh, diatribe on this wonderful Thai place you went to. Like, you know, we might write yeah. something about, oh, the waitress is good and the fa- food's fantastic. Right. But when you're when you go into wherever it is, whatever whatever business, and you have a bad experience, and maybe it's legit, right? Maybe it's but right. you don't typically go. You know, I thought about it all, and yeah, I really right. weighed all the options, and it was really like a ninety-two percent. You know, they're usually like, yeah. "This was horrible. It was the worst thing." One star. It's that emotional mm-hmm. charge. Yeah. So review they're ranting, rant. and I think you ha- you nailed it on the head, Rhonda. If you if if the responder business rants back, you're meeting them in the sandbox, right? When yeah. you need to yes. be outside of that court, saying, "We see you as a rant." And I'm going to respond in, you know, a very different tone, different way. And people yeah. see that when they're looking through reviews and they see, even if it is a canned, you know, like mm-hmm. canned customer service response, I think people, I think that 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 creates such a duality. And then the person reading, I think they actually will step out and see, oh, that's a crazy review. Right. And that's maybe a that's really exactly bland it. response. But right. it creates that duality versus crazy view, review, crazy response. It's just crazy. Right. That at the end of the day, it, you can't you can't offset crazy with crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Well, you can be the wet blanket or you can be the gasoline. So mm. there either way, there's a fire. You have to figure out how you're going to deal with that fire. Throwing gasoline, as we know, not a good plan. So whenever Doesn't you work. respond with another equally psychotic rant, then you've now perpetuated. And so I really encourage the clients to, one, you don't have to respond that day. There's no magical rule that says you're going to be, you know, shot on site if you don't respond within five minutes. Right. So walk away. Um, Walk away. Think about it. Have someone else write it for you. Yeah. Don't even deal with it. Yeah. That's what I tell my clients. Send that rant to me. Email (laughs) me that rant that you want to post. Yeah. And then that will trigger me to go on and make that response for you. I do a lot of those review responses because Mm -hmm. I am not emotionally connected to the work. Correct. Right. I didn't perform the thing that wasn't my client, wasn't my patient, wasn't my medicine. Yeah. You can either be the wet blanket or or you can be the gasoline, but there's what's always there. There is a fire burning. Right. So so we get so wrapped up into the like freak out fact that there's a fire. Well, there's a there is a fire. Let's deal with mm-hmm. it in the moment. I think that I mean I could just literally imagine you on stage, you you blurt that out and, and like look at all these practice managers and just have your mic and just bam, you just mic drop yeah. that mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and our receptionists do it whenever a client is is angry or upset and they're standing mm-hmm. in front of them. There's that's when you have to visualize, okay, here's a fire. What do I do? Do I put the fire out or do I throw gasoline on it? And so when we have yeah. a negative response to someone's emotional response, mm-hmm. then it's a gasoline right. issue. Yeah. So right. Right. we need to remember we need to remember that our job is to be a wet blanket. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. That's but a happy positive road. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if there's really from what I I mean from what I, I imagine 
and have seen and you uh, created a business around and Andrew uses too, there's nothing negative about having a vibrant um, social media campaign, you know, that's got pictures and shows clients what you're doing and invites mm-hmm. them in and everything, right? right? So what holds practices back? Like what, what, why are more practices not doing it? Why are they not more vibrant? Um, and what are some of these obstacles that you face from owners and managers? And as a consultant who does this full time, how do you work them through those challenges? So when I first meet with a client, we have a conversation. And my first question is, what are you trying to do on social media? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, are you trying to get more clients? Are you trying to engage with the clients you have? Um, Are you just trying to get seen, get heard? What is it that you're trying to do? And that helps me figure out what kind of strategy that we have to set in order to accomplish that goal. So the thing that whenever, after they've told me what they want and Mm -hmm. what they're trying to accomplish, I'm going to, my next question is, how come you haven't done it? You know what you want. How come you haven't done it? Mm -hmm. And obstacles. Yeah. Yes. And the minute that I say that question is, well, we don't have time. And Um, we don't really know how. We don't know what to post. We don't know when to post it. Right. I don't really have anybody in the practice that can do it that I trust. Mm -hmm. Um, What if they post bad pictures? Right. What if they say the wrong thing? What if they start practicing? And then it's this long list of all the reasons why they don't do it. And that's my list from when I was a manager. Yeah. What's fascinating is so and and this is not meant as a dig. I'm there, too. But there's there's no time to hire staff. There's no time to train staff. There's no time to do social media. There's no time to do an extra dental. There's no. That is the answer we use when faced with anything new, right? Exactly. Our excuse. (laughs) Our number one go-to excuse. Yep. 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 Sorry, I totally interrupted. But I was like, that is it. Like it's time. They always. That's our thing. Yeah. And we we really do believe that perception that we tell ourselves. But on the other side of that, you know, to drop a little truth, is. If we started a new service offering that was going to be a direct revenue generator, we would find the time to add that. Heck yes. Bam. I mean, See that so, again, Rhonda? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I got to call it the way it is. And yeah. social media is one of those things that I can teach you how to break it up into small enough pieces that you don't really know you're doing it. It's not like I've got to take an hour out of your day or it's five minutes out of your day. It's three minutes yeah. out of your day. It's a mindset right. Right. of right. is this an Insta ready moment where I mm-hmm. can take this picture mm-hmm. or do I have blowout diarrhea in the background that I shouldn't get that on camera? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. things like that right. where it's a coaching and training issue right. that now that it becomes part of the culture of the practice, now you have ingrained marketing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's sure. what you want to have in your practice. And it's, sure. it is a team effort. If you have one person who's leading the charge, that's great. If you have a practice owner who buys in, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you've got the entire team doing this work, mm-hmm. that better. is amazeballs. Right. right. So that's what I can teach your team to do mm-hmm. and what I work on coaching your team. And then there's other teams yeah. who are like, nope, don't have the time. <laughs> then right. it's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And that's where they hire me to do it for them. And yeah. through that, we just do it by text message, basically. Right. So in keeping with this theme of keep it simple and build from there, mm-hmm. um, what is a, you know, a two, three or five kind of step action plan that you could share? Well, step one is to hire you. I think we have to say <laughs> that, right? But what would be step two um, if they wanted to A, up their social media game or B, start their social media game? What is the, the teeny little chunks um that you know that they could start tomorrow 
Well, these are my little tangible takeaways that I learned, you know, as my new delivery system. So if I were to have a five-step plan and I'm telling you how to go do it yourself because you're not going to hire me, you're going to go do it yourself. You're going to launch this from the ground up and you're going to build it and see where it goes. Once you build it and see where it goes, then it's going to get big and successful, then you're going to want someone to take over and manage, and then you're going to call me. So to get it ah, to that point, I see you're going to have an understanding of what it is you're trying to do. That's step one. Understand what you want social media to do for you. Are, do you need clients? Are you trying to build revenue? Are you trying to build affinity with your clientele that's there? What is it that you're hoping to accomplish? Do you just want to be seen and heard? And if you do, mm-hmm. that's good. Understand that about yourself. Presence, okay. Yeah. Two, be prepared for the time that it will actually take to pull it off. So don't say, let's do this. It's important. It really needs to happen. We need to do more marketing and then make it impossible for your team to actually succeed at it by never giving them time, never giving them the resources. Commit to the resources and the time it's going to take to do this successfully. Then number three would be get the program and the resources to help pull it off. So I'm talking about make sure you know how to do schedule posts on Facebook. It's free. Make sure that you sign up for the free account of Canva or a free account of Designer or use PowerPoint to make graphics. Those Mm, those types of programs, you can use OpenOffice. They have a PowerPoint version that's free. Free. You don't have to buy expensive graphic design. You don't have to hire a graphic designer. You don't have to have specially trained anybody. You just have someone who's willing to sit down and make some pretty pictures. With time. With a little bit of time. Absolutely. And then as time goes on, this is this is the the value. As time goes on, the better they get, the faster they are. I can design an entire editorial calendar within about an hour and a half. When I first started, it took me forever because I was overthinking and planning and trying to like, is this right? Is this wrong? I can have a full plate of 30 days worth of social media done in an hour and a half because now I know what I'm doing and I've got an idea and I've got a strategy and I know where I want to go for that month for that client. As your team goes, they'll get better. It'll get faster. It'll have more smoothness to it. So number four, and Andrea's heard me say this, and I beat it over everybody's head, get a social media policy and get a social media waiver in place in your practice today. Is that for clients or is that for um, staff members? Yes. Both. Yes. Okay. So you need to have something. I had a little blurb on our intake form that said, you know, hey, we love to make pets Insta famous. Can we have permission to put your pets on our social media? Can we use your pets images in our marketing? That's all it takes. It doesn't have to be this 12 page writer of all the legal ease. You're gonna scare people. Okay. Hey, we would love to put your pet on our social media pages. Is that cool? Yes or yeah, no? Yeah, I go to that HR of call my attorney and make sure. Absolutely. And with social media, again, there's a lot of copyright laws. There are a lot of copyright issues. Mm. There's some wavering issues. But with this, it's a yes or no. So it really can be that simple. At least you've got it a yes or no. Um, and then the social media policy for your staff is important. This is where it gets a little trickier, where you're going to need an Andrea or someone to kind of help you break yeah. that down in an HR standpoint. Right. You want to make sure that you discuss ownership of the images, of who's using what equipment, is it yes. allowed? Your employees are not allowed to use their personal equipment to take pictures of clients' pets. 
that's the the and property of the, their personal accounts, absolutely, or even the hospital account for that. You yeah, know, for that matter. Yeah, the client owns the right to the image. The hospital owns the right to the image if it's taking at the practice. The employee owns nothing except the phone that it's on. So they now have hospital property and the image of the um, the pet. So there's two there's two conflicts right there between the client yeah. and the practice. So it's so easy. And think about how many times we have taken a picture of a super cute kitten with our cell phones. So yeah. you need to know a little bit there. And if you are prepared, you have a practice cell phone that, that yes. everyone can use. Yes. You have your social media policies in place. You have your social media waiver ready to go. Then you've already spelled out your expectations and you're setting everyone up for success. You're not setting them up for conflict and failure. Yeah. And then I, number five would be enlist your team, get them on board, and then let them go. They can do it. Just yeah, let them have some power fun. them. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I I would, you know, I when I said, said, you know, that staff will post pictures on the hospital account, I think when you say, like, let your team go, I would think that you would agree or and maybe you have some different insight is making sure that somebody is looking at those pictures or posts beforehand and making sure that, you know, the grammar is correct or that there's not anything, like you said, blowout diarrhea in the background mm -hmm. on the wall. Um, you know, staff don't always look to see, is yes. there a coffee cup right next to the fecal machine? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's where, that's where that social media policy comes into place. You have that protocol in place of what kinds of pictures, what kind of events, you want to set those expectations. So yes, whenever I say that, I, I'm already expecting that to have been part of the expectation talk. Um, I had a employee one time, we did a amputation and it was a German shepherd. So it was a very large leg that we amputated. Oh, and wow, he took yeah. a picture of the limb. <gasps> No, and which from a scientific standpoint is fascinating. We're all fascinated by, you Not know, the anatomy. Not a standpoint though. Right. And so I found out after, of course, because, and he didn't think anything of it, but he took the picture on his cell phone. He sent it to his friends and he also posted on his Facebook page and said, look what I did at work today. Mm. Well, he happened to be friends with the client whose pet that was. Now, the reason why he didn't identify the oh, pet, he no. didn't identify the situation, other than we only did one amputation on a German Shepherd that day. So right. pretty easy to figure right. out. And so we had an upset client who was like, I cannot believe I saw my dog's leg. And I'm like, I can't believe you saw it either. Whole right. And so I had to go and explain to him why you cannot do this. Like, absolutely not. And he was, he was sad and saw it from the other standpoint. So... You have to look at everything through the right. client's eyes. So when I... No, you just can't make this shit up, can you, Rhonda? Nope. No. <laughs> no. It's going in my book of crazy things that happened in the vet hospital. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, but we do have our uh, you can't make this shit up uh, yep. blurb here on this podcast. So that goes in the books. Yeah. Right. That's a chapter in that book. Yep. Yep. What's so. your favorite thing about social media? The potential. So I have made so many connections through social media um, that I probably never would have made if I were just to have gone to a conference or sat in on a webinar because there's not that interaction. With social media, you get that interaction and geography doesn't matter. So it's kind of a connective tissue from a business standpoint. 
you can actually transact business. You can connect people. You can share moments. Yeah. There are things that you can do because of social media. The communication is more open, especially right now, because communication is so restricted and restrained. So I see so much potential from social media. I think it allows so much more, but it can be weaponized. It can be, yeah, it can be a problem um, and it can be unhealthy. And that's where you really have to be aware of its effects on you. Well, going down that thought, how often do you unplug from it all? And like, tell me what your definition of unplugged is. That's funny because I mean, owning a social media company, it's a little hard to be completely unplugged because my job is to watch for my clients so they can unplug. But I do, I do make sure that I put my phone down. Um, Usually on the weekends, I try very hard not to have my phone in my holster where, you know, (laughs) any other day of the week, it's quick draw McGraw and I've got to have it and I got to see it anytime there's an alert. Because, you know, I have 12, 15 clients and each of them have alerts set on them. So anything that can come through, I look at it and I determine, you know, Right. The, the high risk nature. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I do. I put my phone down. Um, I do check it a few times, but I don't check it to the extent that I normally do. And then I also have a business partner that we tag team. So she watches when I'm not watching. So that way we know that our clients are still cared for, that we each have an opportunity to really just de-stress, unplug. That's awesome. I also apply the emotional intelligence that I've been trained in for so many years that social media is not a real world that it is oh wow it is not it's people's perception of a moment it is not what the world is actually really like so you Mm. know they make they make statements about insta ready or insta this well that's filtered it's not real these people don't look like this. These people don't act like this. These trolls that like to pick fights, they don't do that in person. They're not right. brave enough to. So, so I remember that social media is not a real place. And it doesn't have real power unless I allow it to. So I use it as the tool to help build businesses and help build veterinary practices. But I don't give it any more power than that. Wow, that is so powerful. I love that you've really been able to put words to that and put that in action. That's that's awesome. I love that. I love hearing oh, that. Thanks. So at this part in the show, we have been able to talk about these outrageous and funny stories that make our chin hit the ground and our eyes pop out like pugs and just say like, no way that just happened is that seriously real? Like, pinch me, am I dreaming? You could never make that shit up story. And of course, change the names to protect the innocent. But do you have a short story that you can share with us that made your made you just want to like palm slap on the forehead? No way that just happened. I have one story in particular that really framed my entire career because it happened in the very beginning when I first got... Um, a promotion to manager. So, you know, I was manager for five hot minutes and the doctor and I was also her assistant. And so the doctor and I had done a, um, an obstruction surgery on a dog. It was a Labrador, if I remember correctly. And, um, this dog had been eating everything and owners typically tried to keep it in a basket muzzle, but for whatever reason, the dog got past the basket muzzle. It wasn't on whatever. So of course, you know, it got stuff stuck in its stomach and we had to go in and fish it out. 
And so mom and dad were in the exam room post-surgery and we were kind of going over the, the release instructions of this is what you need to do to take care of your kiddo. These are the medications. This is the kind of thing. And this is what we found. And so we kind of laid out on the exam table everything we found. And there was like a, a chewed up sock. Um, there was a pair of red panties. Um, and then there were some like little toys, like aquarium toys kind of things. And so we're kind of going over all of it and just saying, you know, this potentially could have been very life threatening, but we're glad that it's going to, you know, work out. And the wife's just kind of standing there and she's super quiet. And then all of a sudden she turns around and she lands this uppercut right on her husband's chin so loud that his teeth rattled and he no seriously way. lost <laughs> Like you could tell he was just dazed and confused no and way. you could have knocked the doctor and I over with a feather because we were just like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And so we're stunned. He's stunned and trying to stay conscious, kind of slumped up against the wall. The wife's just livid and she looks at him. She looks at us. She looks at him. She looks at the underwear and then she looks at us again and she says, those aren't mine. No. And we were mortified. <laughs> So he totally got busted cheating because we found a pair of red panties in the Labrador stomach. So from then on, we were very careful if we had to do those kind of surgeries. And even in, in throughout my career, whenever we had to do those kind of surgeries, we were very cautious at how we delivered the information of what we found, right. especially if it was underwear, because right. you just never know. <laughs> the lesson you took with you, huh? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Traumatic Crazy. at the time, hilarious now. <laughs> If you could give one piece of advice to our listeners today, what would it be and why that? My one piece of advice, and I said a little bit earlier, is if you're going to be on social media, just be consistent. You don't have to know what you're doing. You don't have to be an expert at it. Just be consistent with what you are doing, and that will get you some traction. People will start to see you because you're at least you're showing up. It's important to be present. It's not always important to be perfect. So Ooh. just having your business out there, making themselves known and making a positive impact, that is good. All right. So as we wrap up, we have our last section. Uh, Rhonda, this is our traditional rapid fire. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Okay. 30 seconds. Tell me about your most epic failure that has left a lasting impact. Wow. Um, I don't really have one that comes to mind just because I don't really let failures take a route like that. So I learn what I can from things that didn't work as well as I intended and I just move forward. So failure doesn't necessarily have a, a restrictive power over me in that way. Tell me about your proudest moment. Um, probably passing my CVPM and then later on uh, getting my first client with my my brand new baby business. Um, <laughs> nice. It was all mine. I was doing it. And um, since then, I've added more certifications. I've added, you know, lots more clients, that kind of thing. But that very first client and achieving my CVPM was, awesome. was probably the top two. All right. Why veterinary medicine? What do you just love about our profession? I love being a part of a team that loves and cares for those that can't speak or defend themselves. I love being a part of an advocacy. I get animals and their behaviors and I get veterinary people and their behaviors. They're my people. So I just have a heart for them and I have a heart for working towards finding ways to help them succeed and sustain themselves in this industry. How do you balance work and life and do you experience manager guilt in that balance? 
I do. And I did. When I was actively managing, I really felt like I had to be there, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, because if I was asking my team to do it, I needed to be doing it. And my family suffered and my health suffered. Um, My health suffered dramatically. So I later on learned that balancing that guilt and balancing that stress and balancing all the things that I wanted to be and wanted to accomplish were way healthier. And it allowed me to provide more of myself to people, which is ultimately what I wanted to do. What keeps you up at night that you stress over or something that causes you just anxiety? I always worry if I'm doing enough for my clients. I worry if I do enough to support my friends and and the network of people that I'm involved with. Um, You know, am I growing at a healthy rate? Am I helping people around me grow? And am I treating them, you know, kindly and, and positively? And am I building them? Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It was so good to talk to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really am honored that you asked me. And I'm really glad that you guys are doing this, reaching out and helping managers and owners just do it better. We need that. We need this in the industry. And I'm glad you guys are putting this together for them. For all the positive leaders listening out there, we hope you learned something to take back to your practice to put into use tomorrow. We want to hear from you, good, bad, and everything in between. So email us at positiveleaders at gmail.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. Want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast? Email us. Want to have your you can't make this shit up story featured? Email us. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Positive Leadership Podcast and be sure to rate us. Check out our website at www.positiveleaders.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. And as always, catch us on all the socials. Social media management and website design by Dog Days Consultant. This is Andrea. And David. Signing off until next time. Stay happy and sane. The Positive Leadership Podcast is solely for informational purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided in this podcast are general in nature, and such information, statements, comments, views, and opinions, and the receipt of this podcast by any listener are not intended to be and should not be construed as the provision of any business advice. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers and guests, are those of Andrew Crabtree, David Liss, and their guests only, may not be current, and do not represent the statements, comments, views, and opinions of any other person or business entity. Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and or the Positive Leadership Podcast do not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage of any kind whatsoever, is expressly disclaimed.